In today's Trouble with the Snap, we will be breaking down all the Week 0 games, giving our best moments, and then jumping into our favorite segment, Life Advice. Roll the intro. Nick Saban, and in 2003, the Tigers captured the BCS... Michigan State's Jalen Watts Jackson and he scores on the last play of the game. Unbelievable! Hey everybody, welcome back to Trouble with the Snap. I'm Colton Deutsch, joined as always by my colleague and Texas A&M five-star scholar Will Shemansky. Will, how's it going? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing well. A little tired. 8 a.m. this morning. Isn't that yeah. ideal for a Monday, but... We pushed through and now we're getting to do a podcast. So the day's only good. Of course. Better. Of course. You know, I've actually, I'm telling you, man, whenever I was watching those week zero games, the entire time I was thinking about like new things I can say on the pod or like what we could talk about. So I'm actually so pumped to record tonight. No, it's, it's so much more fun. It is. It's, it's so much fun. But yeah. I mean, it's going to be a lot tougher for me to focus on classes and school now that the season's starting, but it's, it's crazy. You wait so long. And just seeing football on the screen again is incredible. Yeah, I, uh, I I cannot tell you. I have not been more excited for pretty much any sporting event that I can think of in a while than I was for that Navy-Notre Dame game. Like, my God, I, I was talking to my dad about it, you know, like three days in advance. I'm like, yo, I, I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to watch it. I'm so excited. Football's finally back. And, and even knowing it was probably going to be a complete blowout, which it was. It was you know, I, I, I didn't really care, you know, because, yeah. you know, football was football and that game was kind of close last year. So I held out a little bit of hope. But at the same time, uh, we all saw the result. But we'll break that down in a moment. Yeah, and we're both pretty high on Notre Dame. So we had to yeah, win there. For sure. All right, let's just – uh. You want to just jump right into that into the uh, the breakdown analysis of that game? Yeah, sure. I'll uh, I'll start us off if you don't mind. Have at uh, it. First game, which actually was very tough to watch. I had like three different TVs going, and one of them I was able to get USC, San Jose State. So USC that's impressive, actually. One, yeah, I mean, in considering that it was on like, is that USC? I think is sponsored by Directv. But you Are they really watch them on Directv because of the <laughs> network, which is which is so typical Pac twelve. But um, yeah, first time getting to see Caleb Williams back in action since that Cotton Bowl loss to Tulane. Uh, they so they play San Jose State, and this game was kind of close for a while. I mean, it never it was a one score game at the half. Yeah, and yeah. which by the way, if either of our teams have that situation going on on Saturday, they would. Like, oh. I, I'm I might I might freak out. Yeah, but yeah, with USC, I mean, the offense looked great. Um. You know, as to be expected. I mean, you have, uh, Do- uh, you know, Dorian Singer comes in from Arizona. It's funny you mentioned um, Zachariah Branch mm-hmm. in the episode leading up to it, and he was electric. He's yeah. one of those guys that 
yes, it was against a bad team, but you can just tell how good he's going to be just of just because of the way that he moves. He just moves different. Yeah. And that kick yeah, return was a- crazy. He also caught a touchdown. He was he was awesome. Yeah, he's a freak. But um, I mean, lo- you know, looking at that game, while it was never in doubt, and I also want to preface when we talk about week zero and week one, I think it's always really hard to judge a team off of their first game because so much can change and there's always going to be a lot of discombobulation and kind of a lot of easy mistakes that are just going to kind of happen with your first game. But USC's defense did not look good at all. And it's not just the 28 no. points. They were giving up over seven yards of carry. San Jose State was kind of moving the ball pretty well. USC mm-hmm. on both lines of scrimmage didn't look good at all. And they only forced one turnover. And I just think if you're USC, I mean, you want to see improvement on that defense. I mean, even a half-decent defense. This has been the thing with Lincoln Riley forever. His offense is going to be unbelievable. But, I mean, if they can't get a stop, I don't know. I mean, I, I picked them to win the Pac-12. I'm not going to overreact. But that's not what you wanted to see if you're a USC fan defensively. But... 56-28 win. A win's a win, so you'll take it. Of course. Um, yeah, no, I thought the exact same thing watching that game, pretty much exactly what you just said. Um, Caleb Williams, of course, did his thing, especially if you remember that play. Um, he, like, bu- fu- uh, not bumble- fumbled, excuse me. Uh, oh, he had trouble with the snap, I'll say that. Trouble with the snap. Um, he had trouble with the snap. If you remember that play, he kind of bobbled it, dropped it, had to run back up or run behind himself a little bit, pick it up, and then he just chunked like a 50-yard bomb down the field off his back foot. Yeah, that um that was so mind-boggling. It was it wasn't even funny how good that was. Yeah, no, that was absolutely ridiculous. Um so of course, Caleb Williams is still Caleb Williams as we saw. Um Zachariah Branch is I truly think he will be the next um star wide receiver in college football. I mean, that's that's some pretty high praise after just one game against, you know, a much lower opponent than say like Oregon or Washington. But at the same time, you know, it was a game, the game still counts and he absolutely balled out with those two touchdowns. And I just think that dude's got it. Um, But going back to what you're saying about Lincoln Riley teams, their defense looked absolutely awful, especially considering what we just uh, talked about a moment ago. It It was a one score game at half, which is never a good thing, especially against a lesser opponent, such as, um, San Jose State. I mean, they had some dudes running wide open. Yeah, they did. Um, but I will give credit where it is credit where it is due. Um, you know, if you look at one of those San Jose State touchdowns, it was that it was that uh it was a passing play, I think in the first half is and that was the the final touchdown that made it a one score game going into the half. Um, that wide receiver, like he made a heck of a catch on catch. that ball. He laid out and kind of it kind of bobbled around a little bit, but at the end of the day, he brought it down for six. Um, so that was a great play. But um, going back to USC's defense, I, that obviously will be the thing that holds them back from reaching their full potential this year, which is pretty unfortunate considering just how capable and just how good that offense is. Um, but anyways, you know, a 56-28 win, like you'll never say no to those, and that, that's the final result that they had. So. Um, clearly the offense was clicking on all cylinders, but going into week one throughout this week of practice, I'm expecting that defense to clean up a lot of things going into this upcoming weekend. Yeah, they better. And their O-line had a lot of times where they were just not getting pushed, which is yeah, pretty concerning. Like I was saying, you don't want to glean too much from, from the first game, but 
those are some things I think on both lines, no matter who you play, if, if you're bigger and better, you should get it done. And I don't know. That was For sure. That was concerning, but who knows? I wouldn't be surprised if they can outscore everybody because they have Caleb Williams. So yeah. Oh, did you see that that picture of that one suite in the Coliseum? Yeah, like behind uh Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see like twenty percent so, of the field. Yeah, so I think what that tweet said, um, they did like some renovations to the Coliseum or something, I think this past off season. And I think they removed like a lot of those seats that may have been obstructed, but for whatever reason that section um they didn't remove that or didn't at least fix it so that dude literally saw he saw like one end zone and probably from the goal line up to about like the 15 yard line and that was about it and so that seemed like it sucked i guess a sweet's a sweet but uh, yeah i mean you know it, you can he can forever say he was at that game but yeah and uh speaking of renovations we should hop into vanderbilt hawaii which was Probably my Good favorite game Lord. Yeah. from this weekend. I think, I th- I mean, I think it exceeded expectations. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, especially considering, you know, there was at least like two weather delays for that game, I think. Um, two-hour delay. And apparently yeah. it was because the lightning was just inside the area that where it was too dangerous for them to play. Yeah, no, I believe it. Um but I also want to give a shout out to Vandy's construction crew. Obviously they've been doing some renovations, but they were still somewhat able to have a game played in Nashville week zero, even if they had a floating scoreboard, um, which was looking back, that's actually pretty electric. No pun intended that, uh, that was kind of sweet. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that game, uh, of course, you know, Vandy's Vandy and, you know, Hawaii looked pretty dang good. It, It seemed, pretty exciting i thought um but at the end of the day you know just considering the fact that they came all the way over from honolulu to nashville i mean you know you go west coast to nashville that three hour time change is going to kill you so imagine going from you know honolulu to nashville but you know given all the circumstances between i guess jet lag and the weather etc i thought hawaii actually played a pretty pretty solid game against a pretty tough opponent for them um although vandy eventually got the win in the end yeah, I'm definitely with you there. For Hawaii, this is year two under Timmy Chang, and program was in a pretty bad spot when he took over. They were not good last year. This is pretty encouraging, though, for Hawaii and for the Rainbow Warriors. Their quarterback, Braden Shaker, was really fun. His last pick wasn't great, but besides that, he played really well. He was 27-35, 351, three touchdowns and two picks. They had a play where he bombed it on, on fourth down for a touchdown, but and that uh, Vandy had a kick return for a touchdown, and the guy was mm-hmm. just flying down the field. But yeah, I mean, it looked like Vanderbilt had control of the game, and Hawaii cut it to seven, and Vandy flirted with disaster. I mean, yeah, they had the onside kick. I'm sure you saw. Mm-hmm. For people that that didn't see, Hawaii's down by seven. They have a great onside kick. It took really good bounce and. They recovered it, but the Hawaii's guy's elbow was just out of bounds. Yeah. So it went to Vandy. And then Vandy almost threw a pick six. It was really close. And then Hawaii ends up getting the ball back, and then they you know, can't can't get it done. But overall, pretty good showing for Hawaii. I don't know how you feel if you're Vanderbilt. They're trying to build that thing up a little bit more, and they weren't too bad last year. They won a couple SEC games. So like mm-hmm. I said, it's, it's week one. You never know, but... I think pretty encouraging for Vandy or for Hawaii, not so much for Vanderbilt. 
Yeah, no, for sure. Um, all right, let's hop over the pond for a moment and let's break down that Notre Dame Navy game. Um, I mean, there's not really much to break down. I mean, it was just complete and total domination from Notre Dame on pretty much all fronts. But at the same time, Navy, even with the brand new head coach this year, you know, they might think they might pass the ball for once. Actually, that clearly was not the case. They still relied extremely heavy on that triple option, which when it worked, it was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, that was um, very fun for about two I I loved watching it when it worked, but at the same time, I, I only loved it for about 10 seconds in the game because that was truly the only times it works. Um, but when it did work, it was beautiful. However, Notre Dame clearly just just better in every asset, every, uh, every category in that they just dominated. Um, I do want to talk about Notre Dame's quarterback. Um, I, I apologize. I, I'm, draw, I'm drawing a blank on his Damn name right now. Yes him thank you uh the wake forest transfer that dude had a great game i feel like um you know i I feel like he's exactly what notre dame fans wanted to see out of their week zero quarterback considering that you know quarterback play was one of their weaknesses of that of their team a year ago um so going from a, a fairly weak quarterback play last year to what they saw this past Saturday. I'm, I'm sure the fans in uh, South Bend are pretty ecstatic by what they saw. Also, I do want to talk real quick, uh, or not talk, but shout out the running back for Notre Dame. I can't think of his name either. I'm sorry. I've had a pretty long day. But, um, man, that dude was running like a man possessed. I mean, he – how many total touchdowns did he have? At least two, if not more. Um, I mean – Oddly enough, this sounds kind of weird, but he did his running style again, just running over people, finding the hole, making all these cuts, reminding me actually quite a bit of Eric Dickerson. I don't know if you've ever watched Eric Dickerson run the ball or his highlights at least, but um, ED was that dude back in the day. And clearly uh, the running back for Notre Dame on Saturday was that dude as well. Yeah, I think we're pretty much in agreement. I think for Notre Dame fans, that's about as – good of a showing as you could have expected. Like I said, you're not going to look too much into it because it was week zero and you played a triple option team who's really bad, but they destroyed him. So yeah, totally with you. Sam Hartman was phenomenal. It actually just made me think, when was the last time Notre Dame had not even an elite quarterback, like a really good quarterback? I, mean, I guess it was like Ian Book a couple of years yeah, ago. I mean, Book was Book was pretty good to show him. Got, I mean, yeah, I mean, Book got him to this. like man book got him to the cfp unfortunately yeah. I, th- I think that was the 2020 year where Adam just got nixed out of it i don't want to talk about it but um i mean he it still happened so i i guess in regards to notre dame at least having fairly solid quarterback play i'd probably look back to that 2020 season yeah and it feels like now they have a real difference maker and we talked about how you expect them to play some good defense under marcus freeman and mm-hmm. they clearly i mean we knew that they upgraded even you know before this game upgrading from Tyler yeah. buckner but I mean, yeah, Hardman was awesome. Jaden Greathouse, the freshman receiver from Austin, was really, really good. Two Overall, touchdowns, I think. Yeah, and yeah. something that we talked about, because I think we both expect Notre Dame to have a pretty good year, but really the kind of the big question is, how are they going to fare against USC, Ohio State? In my opinion, and my biggest question is, you know, can they are they going to be able to score with them? Because yeah. You kind of figure Ohio State with Ryan Day, Lincoln Riley, that USC, they're going to put up points like, you know, like they always, mm-hmm. regardless of how good your defense is, if your offense is good, you're always going to put up points. So very yeah. encouraging for Notre Dame. 
to go over to Ireland and destroy and Navy. So yeah, all in agreement there. Not a very fun game, but football's football. And if you're a mm-hmm. Domer fan, you should be very, very encouraged. Sam Hartman was awesome. Of course. I also want to point out real quick that Notre Dame game, they only allowed one field goal, and that was like a garbage time field goal with like two minutes Those left are in the, the fourth. Field goals. Yeah, no, no kidding. They were so close to a shout out, but just couldn't, just couldn't seal the deal. Uh, Should we hop into Jacksonville State and UTEP? I actually watched a lot of this game. I did too. Let's do it. This was a fun game. Well, the end was fun. UTEP, man, I was. I think everyone likes the Miners, right? Such a cool mascot, a cool For logo. Sure. I've never ever seen them be good, but really, I think the thing that kind of sums up this game for me is Jacksonville State's up seventeen to fourteen, and getting close to the end of the game. UTEP has a third and one in plus territory that they throw. I don't remember if it was a slot fade or just a go. Really nicely thrown ball, actually. The DB makes a great play, breaks it up. And they debate whether to go for it on fourth and one. They call a timeout. And instead of running the ball or doing this short throw, they they motion the slot guy, and he runs this really long developing out route. He actually gets bumped by his other receiver, and it just took so long to develop. The ball kind of just fluttered up in the air and it got picked off. And yeah, that was a big one for Jacksonville State. But yeah, the, the end of that game, the, that end of the game play call, I was not really a fan of. But besides that, low scoring game, Jacksonville State pulls away. I think that's their first game. It was their first yes. ever FBS game. Yeah, I was yeah, about to give, give them a little. Not yeah, I was about to. That, but. Yeah, I was about to give him a quick little shout out because uh, I don't know if you saw that graphic that they put up like right as the game was starting, how they pretty much clawed through all the ranks and of you know college football, and they they finally reached the FBS rank, and you know they play a close game against UTEP. So I just want to give a shout out to Jacksonville State. Shout out to um, did they beat Florida State a couple years ago? Was that that? Was it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, was it I'm Florida State? Mary. I remember, yeah, I remember they pulled off an upset, like pretty big upset, and I think it was, it was Florida, Florida State. State. I yeah, it was Jacksonville. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, it was them. Um, but anyway, shout out to them, uh, first ever FBS win. Um, yeah, that that's obviously a big deal. Does UTEP have a slogan or like are they pick them or something? That's a good question. You're not going to say like, yeah, you're not going to say like mine them or something. That's kind of weird. It doesn't really roll off the tongue that well. Pick them makes sense. That should be it. If it's not, then. Credit it should be UTEP. I want some of the royalties on that, but we can make t-shirts. Yeah, definitely. Definitely do that. Dude, I love the miners. They need to be good. Yeah, that would be fun. If they can take kind of like a, like, um, like a turn, kind of like how UTSA has over the past few seasons, that would be a lot of fun. I'll say like, if UTEP makes a conference championship in the next five years, I'll drive to the Sun Bowl. <laughs> I'm doing it. I don't blame you. I, I don't. Because that would that would be a lot of fun to go see a really good UTEP team. Okay, moving on. You uh, you want to jump into the UMass New Mexico State game? Yeah, huge win for UMass. I believe that was their yeah. first, was that was that their first season opening win in like thirty or forty years. It was since that. like the it was, it was like the early eighties, I think maybe. Yeah, for New Mexico State, they had a good year under Jerry Kill last year. The old Minnesota coach, they won yeah. the whole game. So really big win for UMass. That's honestly about all I can say about it. I mean, yeah. Um, if I I will be completely honest, I did not watch much of this game at all. I just remember seeing um, 
seeing the reaction of UMass in the final score on Twitter saying like, oh, UMass actually, they won the season opener. They actually pulled it off. So I thought that was really good for them. Um, the clips and highlights that I have seen of the game, though, and kind of read through the box score whatnot a little bit, it seemed obviously, uh, it, one, it was a high scoring game, but two, it just seemed like a really fun game. Um, so once you and I hop off here, I definitely need to go probably watch like a, a highlight episode of that game on YouTube or something. Um, all right, moving on. We have the San Diego State and the Iowa game. Yeah. Or, um, excuse me, Ohio game, not Iowa. I apologize. The Ohio Bobcats. Another yes. really cool logo, by the way. And some cool uniforms. Yes. But yeah, I mean, Ohio's quarterback went out. And he was by far their best player. He went out pretty early in this game. And their backup threw like three interceptions. So San Diego State wins. Uh, I don't know how encouraging that is considering Ohio didn't have their quarterback and their backup was a disaster, but mm-hmm. Aztecs prevail. So hopefully Ohio's quarterback's okay and they can get back and make some noise in the in the MAC because yeah. some good MAC is always good. Of course. Uh, in regards to that game, did you um, – what okay, what is your opinion on the new, I guess, score bug that Fox deployed this year? It looks weird. It looks really weird. Like they the sideway kind of logo. these networks keep changing their score bugs, and I don't get it. Yeah, I don't they had necessarily it right. either. Probably five or six years ago they had it right. Yeah, well, when they had that kind of more like minimalist design where you you know, you know weren't trying to do too much. Like, I, of course, some people loved it. Some people hated it. I happen to be one of the people that loved it. Um, it was classy. It was clean. Um, it pretty much gave you everything you wanted to see. But that new one is – there's a lot going on there. Yeah. I agree, and it's it's too much eye candy. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's jump into the final game of Week Zero: La Tech over FIU. Yeah, Colson, what do you this think? Game close win for the Bulldogs. Anytime I watch Louisiana Tech, it reminds me of that long fumble because that was oh, like that the, was, yeah, yeah, and that was actually at home for Louisiana Tech in Shreveport, and you just see all those big D linemen running down there like they're Winnie the Pooh. It was crazy they were running like <laughs> 70 80 yards back yeah that was nuts. Around. so that's what i think about every time i see louisiana tech so didn't really see too much of this game but a good week zero win for the bulldogs about all i have i'll be honest for sure um so that play you just talked about um that was like a second and goal or third and goal or something it ended Did up it, being it ended up like being a third and goal from like their own eight it was like a 93 or like 90, I guess 92 yard. Yeah. I think if you didn't include the goal to go, it'd be third and 93 or something like that. Yeah. That's crazy. Which also, how did Mississippi state get stuck playing on the road at law tech? We'll also talk about it for week one, but Texas tech goes to Wyoming. That is exciting. Yes. Um, Yeah. Okay. All right. Those that was at least all of the week zero games. Yeah, there wasn't um, much, so any, any, there were some fun games, but you have any uh, any final thoughts or anything you want to say on that before we move on? Nothing, not nothing really sticks out to me. Okay, all right, so let's move on. So, Colton, what uh, uh um, what was your favorite moment from week zero? It could be uh, you know a highlight clip, it could be a snag, it could be kind of a meme like funny thing just anything what was your favorite thing that came out of week zero i think the cup snake at the notre dame oh yeah awesome and they actually yeah. they, they did that in the nebraska northwestern game last year 
yeah, just like a ton of cups connected. So really cool cup yeah. to make there. And I remember last year they actually ran out of beer in the stadium like pretty early in the game. Wait, I thought um, I thought they ran out like their electricity or something went out, so they gave out free beer. Was that what happened last year? Yeah, I, uh, I think um, no, right. I don't think I don't. They probably did run out of beer, but I just remember seeing like uh, tweets and Instagram posts about it that they were giving out free beer at the Ireland game, and so everyone was kind of losing their minds. Um, and but when anyway, the, when the quarterback's uh, helmet got ripped around and he was couldn't see. Oh him. yeah, his helmet made like a three sixty. Yeah. yeah um okay i i uh for sure think that my favorite week zero moment happened it was the uh san diego state ohio game and that ref just kind of took one right on the chin that's um, you so much <laughs> i know um did you see that tweet from a uh, sickos committee where they added like a couple sound effects to that video and they couldn't yeah. determine which one so um, they liked the best that video or that uh that little thread on twitter is hilarious um but I would definitely say that takes the cake for sure. Um, at least funny wise, as of like, you know, favorite actual play from week zero, it has to be the Caleb Williams back foot throw. I mean, that was utterly ridiculous. Such a good throw. Yeah, it was phenomenal. He just does that. His arm is, I think he has a golden arm. It's that good. Yeah. I would actually love to see him and, um, and Joe Milton, like see who can throw the football. As yeah. As. Just air it out. I, I would I would probably take Joe Milton in that just because of you know the the few videos we've seen, but at the same time I certainly would not sleep on Caleb Williams as well. Yeah, I mean I wonder how those work because like I saw a video from high school of Quinn Ewers throwing at eighty five in the air. Mm-hmm. I it's so different when you do it in game. I feel like I just see Caleb throw at sixty yards in the air all the time in game. Joe Milton too has a rocket, obviously. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I guess the thing, it, it, I actually would tend to believe that it might be a little bit easier to pull that off in game just because, you know, you have all that adrenaline pumping, you have a crowd in the stands, you have, you know, your full team on the sidelines with your coaches. Like there's a lot of things going on, like that could amp you up or whatnot. So I actually, I think that if you had to throw a ball like 65 yards like that with the flick of the wrist, it, it'd most likely happen a lot easier in the actual game than practice. Yeah, think, All right. yeah, those are some good week zero moments. A couple, you know, normally there's going to be a lot more news. Nothing too yeah. crazy has been happening. We can hit on it. Arizona State did a self-imposed bull ban with all of, as a result of all of the troubles that happened with their COVID visiting rules under Herm Edwards. So that does suck for the players and coaches. They have a first-year head coach, too, then Kenny Dillingham from Oregon. So that's unfortunate for them. They did name a starter, Jaden Rashada, the freshman. People might know him because he signed with Florida, and then they had apparently promised him $13 million in NIL, and that totally fell through. So he goes to Arizona State, so he'll be their guy as a freshman. Did he su- Texas A&M he- names Connor Wigman their starting quarterback, which was pretty much expected, but good to hear it officially out there. Of course. Um, Jaden Rashada, did he originally commit to Miami or was it the like Florida Gators? He committed to Miami and then he flipped. Okay. That's what it was. I remember yeah. when that was going on thinking that was crazy. Um, all fell through. Cause it's, well, it's kind of crazy for me as an Adam fan. Cause I remember during one of our games, um, he took a visit here and I remember seeing like an Instagram post of him or like, you know, like the, the photos from his visit, him wearing the uniform and all that. And I'm like, this is kind of weird, but also really cool at the same time. Yeah. I mean. He had, a, he had a wild ride of a recruitment. He did. Nothing is wild, though. I don't think anything will ever top Zach Evans. 
That was crazy. And he only he only made one commitment, right? Or two. Yeah, he uh no no, he um so if you remember uh, to Georgia or I don't think he ever officially did it. He never officially committed to Georgia. No, the only commitment that he made was to TCU to my knowledge. Um but if, I, crazy. I guess remember that recruitment. It felt like one week, you know, Anim would lead, the next week it would be Texas, and the next week it would be, you know, um TCU, and then the week after that it'd be Georgia. Like it and then, you know, the week after that it'd be Bama. Like it was just it was so that was, that was such a roller coaster. A lot of teams uh, pass on him, but I'm glad he met the NFL. It's kind of cool because we had heard about Zach Evans for so long. So yeah, it is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, nothing, right. um, nothing else super crazy. There's a few teams that are still going to be announcing their starters soon. I know Saban said he wasn't going to release a depth chart. Nick yeah, I saw that. To be Jalen Milrow as the starter. But I feel like he'll probably play multiple guys in their opener and then see who starts against Texas. But I would think it's going to be Milrow. And mm-hmm. Ohio State, still with Kyle McCord and Devin Brown, they haven't announced a starter yet either. I would think it'd be McCord, but they're both talented yeah. guys. I don't think it matters. They're both going to be good. Yeah. All right. You uh, you ready to roll on to our, our final segment, Life Advice? Yes, let's hop into life advice. Once again, love the submissions. We've been getting them from a bunch of people, which has been really cool. We haven't had any repeats yet, uh, which we obviously welcome anything, but cool to see that people like it and enjoy it. So our first question comes from Coach Hurtline. Awesome guy. He was our... Prez legend. Yep, yeah, Presbyterian Middle School. He was, I mean, he was everything, but yeah, he, he was our basketball coach. By the way, great coach because both of our starting guards played Division One. Shout out Brian Gordon at Lamar and Jackson Peaks at Rice. So that just says everything about how good the coaching style was. I know. Look at the Presbyterian talent. All those exactly. young guys, me and you. Kelly Ubre also went to our middle school. Rock Chalk. Yeah, uh, we should also hit on it because uh, UT plays Rice this weekend. Um, Arden Napier. He did. So shout out Arden. Went to middle school and high school with him. He's a fighting rice owl, so. Hoot him, baby. Yep, hoot him. So, yeah, so shout out to Coach Hurtline. He asks us, great question, by the way, what challenging moments have you had in your life and how did you overcome it? Um, that's a really good question. Um, the main, So I feel like I've actually been asked this question uh, more than once so far throughout my life. And the challenging moment for me um for those of you who don't know me all that well, I, uh, had pretty much, it felt like a shoulder reconstruction surgery, um, in January of 2021. Um, so that was pretty much the end of my baseball playing days, my playing career. Um, and that was really tough because, you know, throughout pretty much my entire childhood up to that point in my life, it had always been revolved around baseball, at least playing baseball. Um, so for that to be, um, you know, uh, gone by the wayside after I had that operation. That was really tough. Um, but the way I overcame that was, um, obviously it was still pretty peak of COVID considering it was the beginning of 2021. But the way I overcame that is I tried to, you know, immerse myself in like as, as many new hobbies and new activities and things that I could think of. Um, I remember there was a point where, you know, I was pretty big into photography and then, you know, the next day I, 
you know, went to the guitar store and bought a guitar and tried to figure that out. And, you know, I just go hang out with my friends or chill with my family or just pretty much anything that I could think of to pretty much take my mind off of baseball. And, you know, eventually those things got me to where I am now. And, you know, as much as I love baseball at one point, I am, I couldn't tell you just how happy and thankful I am to truly just be a regular college kid right now at AM. Um, I absolutely love it to death. And I certainly would not be in the position I am in right now if that if I didn't go through that. So I would say that's probably my answer to that question. Thanks again, Coach Hartline. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's a great answer for me. I'll give two just real quick. One uh, had a death in the family about my freshman year of college. So that was tough, obviously, but having a lot of good friends and family to lean on, very thankful for that. So definitely made it easier and having people that you trust to talk to and time heals everything most of the time. And on a little bit of brighter note, I think for me getting my real estate license was something I wanted to do for a while. And I guess it was a challenge because while I've always done pretty well in school, I'm not the best test taker. I didn't have great standardized test scores or anything like that. So I think even though I'm a pretty confident guy, there's always a little bit of self-doubt that creeps in if you've kind of failed at things a few times. So for me, just getting to crack down and pass my real estate exam was a pretty big accomplishment for me and a big confidence booster. So I just think with anything overcoming challenges, you just have to have confidence and push through and find people to lean on and talk to. So, but yes, great question. Thank you, Coach Herline, for listening and supporting. And please send in as many more questions as you have. Yes. Okay. We have one more suggestion. Um, Colton, should we leave this one anonymous or do you want to just give him a shout out? Uh, we'll give my roommate Sanjit a shout out. Sanjit was, okay. he's a pretty insightful guy, but he asks us pretty broad question. It's how do we learn? So I think it's a really good question for me. I think, I think just experience mm-hmm. and just observing so I think, I think one of the cool things about learning is that you get to meet new people and see a bunch of different perspectives. And you might not think it, but you can really learn something new every single day. So yeah, yeah I think just by experience, observing, listening, there's so many ways to learn, so many things to learn. Yeah. Um, from my experience, I would say, well, of course, how do we learn? Um, I would say, you know, try everything you can or you know uh don't be afraid to go try new things because the more and more things that are new to you that you do end up trying the the more and more um you know obviously you learn and take on new information and so on and so forth but i would also say um the way that i don't know about you or anyone else who's listening to this but the way that i personally learn the best is actually through my failures um because you know i if I succeed in something, that's that's nice because I um, I guess you could say I, I understand what I was doing, but um, I actually learn the best when I make mistakes and when I fail um, because when I'm forced to go back to the drawing board and see where I went wrong on something, um, that's when I really have a chance to you know grasp what I'm doing at the time or just to really understand what I'm doing at the time. Um, so I would mainly say that by trying new things and not being afraid of failure are some pretty good ways to learn things. Yeah, that's a great answer. And so yeah, two, 
two really good questions there. We like this segment a lot. We think it's fun and we've heard some good things about it from some listeners. So we know we're mostly football centric, but we like to go off into different avenues sometimes as well. But of course, yeah, I think, I think that's about all we have. It's a bit of a shorter show where we're going to try and implement some different segments that we think would be fun, but yeah, not too much going on in week zero, as we mentioned, but next week or our next episode is going to be really fun with week one upcoming. So of course, are there any particular games that you're really looking forward to? I know we're going to break them down more next episode, but anything off the top of your mind? Uh, week one, I mean, there's a, oh gosh, yeah, there's a there's a game I can't think of right now. I, I know that's such a bad answer for that question, I, but um, I mean, for me, it's definitely LSU Florida State on Sunday. Should yeah, be of course that that rematch of last year's game. You know, uh, hopefully um, LSU can actually you know make an extra point when it matters this time. Don't forget your Heisman pick as well, playing on Saturday. Drake May playing yeah. South Carolina. We got game day. That's how big of a game it is. I don't know. Yeah, they could pick for that game. By the way, I think that game could go in a lot of different directions. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. But um, I don't know. It, I feel like that game all depends on Spencer Rattler, um, the way he plays. But I don't want to get into that too scary. much. Yeah, I don't want to get into that too much because uh, we'll break that down a lot more in our next episode. Um, but yeah, of course, Florida State, LSU, and then South Carolina, North Carolina. That'll be a lot of fun. Florida, um, Utah but, on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, that's a good game. Probably um, that, no Cam Rising. We will get into this more, but. I don't think he's gonna play. Yeah, that that's kind of a bummer. I, I'm a I'm a big uh big fan of Cam Rising. So um, I I hate to be that guy, but I, I think um I don't want to look forward too much, but I think one of the big games that I'm really looking forward to this year is Week Two. Um, besides from Bama, Texas, and a And Miami, I'm really looking forward to when the Oregon Ducks take that trip to Lubbock. Me too. That'll be a lot of fun when they go in when they go in there and see what happens. Yeah, I'm interested to see. I mean, I know you had K-State in the Big 12 Championship. I was really close to that. I ended up picking Tech, but Tech seems really confident. I wonder if they're yeah. writing some checks they can't cash, but we'll see. I do think that they're going to be good. They just they seem to have a lot of confidence, so I'm curious to see how that Oregon game pans out for them. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to that Also, one. a battle of two former Oregon Ducks there, Tyler Shuck. Or, sorry, one current Oregon Duck in a... In a former one with Tyler Shuck and Bo Nix. Indeed. Also SMUOU that week too, but that's a ways away focus on week one. Of course. Let's just, let's just get to the, you know, the best day of it all with opening day on Saturday. Yeah. We're honestly just Thursday. I want some Utah, Florida. Yeah, that counts. All right. Well, I think that is just about everything. Um, you know, we've, we've covered pretty much all we can think of for the time being. Um, Colton, is there any final words you have to say before we sign off? Yeah, real quick, there is a movie called Duff. <laughs> oh, that, <God. laughs> and it's funny because I'd seen this clip a million times of Robbie, Robbie Amell, Amel. Honestly, I don't want to say the name. I've never seen the movie. I'm pretty sure it's a movie about high school. But there's a clip where this actor throws a football and it's terrible. I mean, I Can know I already want to rant about Hollywood and football. But yeah, that was... Not good. And apparently, I just saw an interview where they asked him about why he, his throwing motion was so weird. He said that there are a bunch of cameras and directors directly in front of him that he didn't want to hit him with the football. So he said that he fought the director on it, and they elected to keep it in. So Disney has got to work on their football because that throwing motion is 
hideous. I'm surprised. Like, I would not. Definitely dislocated something. That was definitely more of a fumble than a throwing motion. Yeah, that was gross. But yeah, besides that, it's probably a good movie. Maybe I should watch it, but that scene might have killed it for me. Yeah, no, it definitely killed it for me. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I think that'll just about do it uh, for Trouble with the Snap. I'm Will, and that is Colton. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Colton. No, no, you're all good. I just wanted to say thank you. We have a lot of fun with this, and we appreciate all the support. Of course. Once again, thank you very much to everybody. Um, Colton and I really do uh, appreciate it more than y'all will probably ever know. Um, it's just a lot of fun, and we're glad that we can entertain all the listeners at home at least. Um, of course, as always, if you have any suggestions or any questions, or if there's anything you want us to cover in the next show or any future show, please feel free to shoot us a DM on our Instagram at TWS underscore pod, or you can more than welcome. You're more than welcome to shoot us an email at trouble with the snap pod at gmail.com. Um, but other than that, that should just about do it. So thank you very much for listening. Um, this is Will signing off. Thank you everybody. Thank you all.